John Morris, Garrett Ross in studio, and pleased to be joined by our good friend Tim Allen, uh, formerly, and I hate to say it, but formerly with the Big 12 Conference office. And Tim, welcome to you. Good morning. And how are things going on this Friday morning? It's a beautiful, cool, crisp uh, morning here in Plano, America, and things are going good. Yeah, beautiful here in Waco also. I say formerly because uh, you're no longer with the Big 12 office. Uh, I, uh, I My heart sunk when I saw that news. Uh, I hated to see that. You've been really great to work with through the years. You're a, a great asset to, uh, to us here at Baylor and to the Big 12. So uh, I hated to see the news about uh, your departure from the Big 12. Well, you know, um, the, the COVID situation just has wreaked havoc throughout all of college athletics and uh, uh, positions throughout the country, uh, unfortunately, are being eliminated. And uh, we become a victim of that. A lot of us have. And uh, I've been very blessed to have a great career in college athletics. And uh, it's, it's tough. It's, it's uh, no fun. Uh, <laughs> but uh, by, the, by the same token, um, yeah, I think at the end of the day, college athletics is going to come out better on the other side of all of this. And I look forward to trying to continue to help in any way that I can to uh, make make uh, the collegiate enterprise uh, be the best it can be. Well, very gracious of you. But uh, the, the bad side, uh, the, the really rough side of COVID, I mean, the worst case scenario are folks losing lives and losing family members, but a lot of loss of jobs also. And and I just hate that. I mean, it affects us. And you, you are a, uh, I, you know, I think about you when I think about the Big 12 Conference office because you've been there the entire time with the Big 12 dating back to the Big 8. So I just hate to think about us moving on without you. Just know how much you're appreciated, Tim. Well, I, I appreciate that. And, um, I, again, I say I've been blessed, and I've been blessed to work with some great people. Um, I have always had an affinity uh, for the media and the, and the radio play-by-play guys and, of course, a lot of the TV talent. That was my pleasure to work with uh, throughout the course of, the, of, of my career. And uh, I've had great, great people uh, from right there in, in, in your backyard that I've had the opportunity to work with and people that, that I respect and, and think the world of. Uh, you know, even on, on, your, on your current staff, there are some people that, you know, have only been there for a few years that I've got to know. Uh, but, but, you know, uh, Don Rogers is, is uh, one of the class individuals in all the college athletics. And I've learned in my last two years of after a little bit of a hiatus from doing baseball, returning to baseball, uh, Chad Jackson is as good as there is as a baseball sport administrator and have learned from him. Uh, When you're in the conference office, you like learning from the membership. You never have a conversation with somebody on campus that you don't learn something new. And if, if you're not approaching it from that standpoint, then you're not doing service to the membership. And I, I know that there are people who uh, out there think that the conference office sits and acts as a bit of a dictator from time to time in what they do, and nothing can be further from the truth. We want to engage with our membership, engage with our fans, engage our officials, uh, our coaches, and, and most importantly, we're there to serve the student-athletes. Wow, that's great. Well, that shows your heart of servant leadership, and, and we really do appreciate that. Uh, Tim Allen with us, uh, formerly Big 12 office, Big 8 before that, 35 years. Is that the number uh, with the uh, combined Big 8 and Big 12 conference offices? You know, no, nobody really cares, but just to give you a brief history, I played junior college baseball for a year, found out I couldn't hit the fastball. I could right. hit the curveball a little bit, could not hit the fastball. Uh, transferred, to K, went to K-State, 
uh, and worked in the sports information office. After about three semesters, our assistant SID left, and K-State had no money at that time. I mean, literally no money. And they hired me as a student to be a half-time assistant SID for something like $200 a month, wow. which was which was $150 more than I was making as a student, <laughs> student assistant. So I was there for uh, a year and a half as an assistant SID, was a sports writer in Norman uh, for about six months and got a job at Oklahoma State as the uh, assistant SID, and then went from there to the Big Eight as what we called the service bureau director, which was a media relations director. Uh, I replaced the great Bill Hancock mm. uh, in that role. Uh, Bill then uh, was, a, was promoted at the Big Eight, and then he went to go work at the NCA, and I got promoted again to an assistant commissioner's role, working with television and championships and um, things like that, and so um, and, and scheduling. The, you know, I've, I've done the scheduling in, in football and basketball for the Big Eight and the Big Twelve all those years. Uh, that uh, since uh, I think 1988, um, and so that was a passion that I had, something that I loved, and um, it's something I hated. Yeah. But while I loved it, because I, I hated thinking that a schedule could determine who was going to win or lose in a given situation, but. Uh, but thoroughly enjoyed working in the conference office. Yeah, I'm glad you had a passion for that because that w- that's no uh, that's no job for uh, the faint of heart. I mean, doing scheduling. I mean, there's so many things we could spend an hour talking about all the the factors that go into scheduling, right? Football and men's basketball. Well, you you could, and and I think that there's a lot of people that just think, well, the they just throw a schedule out there, you know. But but you know, just to give you an example, in in, in basketball. Uh, we have core principles and we have soft principles. And the core principles are, for example, among your first two games and, I mean, your first four games and your last four games, two of them have to be at home. And we always tried to make sure that it was among the first six and the last six uh, that you were three and three. And when we could, uh, four and four throughout that. And there are a, 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 there, there are a ton of those type principles that we go through as we look at schedules, and and then there's soft principles. And with every schedule that you do, um, you have you, you take you want to take a look at it at a competitive level and a, a cosmetic level. And and the cosmetic level, John, is is one that the fans may not appreciate as much as the administration mm-hmm. of the school does. And one of those examples is I can give you is um, for three straight years, um, I made a mistake in the schedule. And it was something that just really I had not taken a hard look at before. But Kirby Hoke the AD at Texas Tech pointed out that for three straight years, they played Texas and Kansas at home when the students weren't there. Yeah, yeah. And, and those were their two biggest draws. And those were the two favorite games of the students that wanted to attend. And he said, hey, can we make sure that we split those up and that we have at least one of those when the students aren't there? And so for the next couple of years, we made sure that both of those games were played when the students were on campus. And then it falls back into a pattern and you do everything you can to facilitate what the schools ask. You never want to do that in a situation where you think you're going to hurt somebody competitively, but you also always have to take into account um, uh, the the the, the, the ticket sales, right. the attendance, and all of that. What's one reason why in conference play we never like to have a football team play three straight weeks at home? Mm-hmm. Because we think that's a hardship on the fans. 
for the people who are going to come in to Baylor, for example, from Houston or Dallas to make that drive three straight weekends, that, that's a little bit tough. So you like to spread those things out when you can and, and make sure you're looking at the cosmetic as well as the competitive balance of all of that. That's what I'm saying. So many factors, so many factors go into that scheduling that, uh, you know, your average Joe fan or even I don't even know about. So well done through the years on that. Tim, you were part of the uh, the transition from the Big 8 to the Big 12. Uh, we came from the Southwest Conference to the Big 12. Uh, what was that period like, just making that uh, kind of monumental historic transition? Well, it was um – you know, I feel like I've been through about three of these because of some of the things that happened with realignment and, and all of that. But at that point in time, um, it was it was really bittersweet. We had great friends uh, at that time in, in the Southwest Conference, and you hated to see that come to an end. I, I've often said in recent years, in 20 years, there's going to be some smart young commissioner at a conference that's going to go, you know, these 16-team conferences are a little bit unwieldy. Have we ever thought about having, like, right. smaller 18 conferences? <laughs> exactly. And, 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 and when we expanded to the Big 12, it was, it, was, it was necessary in the marketplace for that to happen. Um, there was a, a, a lot, a lot of cooperation. There was a lot of give and take. Uh, you know, uh, we lost Oklahoma, uh, Nebraska, um, you know, uh, in, yeah. in the Big Eight. And there were rivalries in the Southwest Conference. And there were things that just had to fall to the wayside in order to facilitate the, 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 the bigger, better conference. Uh, it, it was a tremendous labor of love uh, in that process. I was very fortunate in that I was the AD liaison in the Big Eight. And um, when Steve Hatchell was named as the commissioner of, of the Big 12, and I had known Steve from my Big Eight days, he was on the staff at the Big Eight office, uh, I was one of the people that was designated to move forward to the Big 12 off of the Big 12, off of the Big Eight staff. And I was the liaison to the athletic directors. So I was involved in every meeting that we had related to competition, scheduling, um, championships, and, and all of those. And, and actually, I, I wrote the transition manual uh, for, that, for that period of time. So uh, it, it was great. It was intensive. The head of the AD liaison was uh, Bob Bockrath at Texas Tech. Mm -hmm. And um, he called me uh, one morning at the Big Eight. I, I always like to say I remember moments. Uh, uh, I have better memories than remember moments right. of balls and strikes and safe and right. out and home runs and, and scores and stuff like that. But one morning I was in the office uh, extra early, about 6 a.m., um, working on, on a project related to this. And Bob called and thought he was going to get my voicemail and got me. And from that day on, Every day he would call me at about 6 a.m. at the office because <laughs> <Right. laughs> he thought that that's what my normal hours were. I was wow. going to be in there every day at 6 a.m. <laughs> and it, usually it was closer to 7 or 7.30. But, um, but, but it, it, was, it was an interesting period. And, uh, again, I said it was bittersweet because we had great friends on the Southwest Conference staff, and you hated to see that go to the wayside. But it was a necessity at the time um, in, in order to help facilitate uh, the finances. And, and, and it's ironic, and I don't think I'm telling tales out of school, but our, our first television contract for the Big uh, 12, I think, was like 
twenty million dollars. Yeah, wow. uh, for football huh. and basketball, and you know that uh, that 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 amount is now dwarfed. Yeah, uh, you know a, a a CFP game costs more than what it did for that entire season, uh, or pays more than for that entire season. But uh, it was uh, it, it was it was the most interesting time. One other thing you've done through the years is you've had a front row seat at the Final Four for uh, for how many years? How many years have you done that? Well, um, last year would have been my 25th seat at the scores table at the Final Four okay. at a job that they call timeout coordinator. Right. The, for those that don't know, the timeout coordinator is the one that lets everybody know that after 16, 12, 8, and 4, it's time for a commercial break <laughs> and uh, time to go to the bathroom or go get an adult beverage or do whatever you're going to do during that break if you're watching on TV. So uh, I've been, I've been, it's been great to have a front row seat. I was there when uh, it happened actually right in front of me when Dean Smith was thrown out of a game with a second technical foul wow. when they were playing, when they were playing Kansas. Um, uh, I've been there to, uh, have uh, hear some of the most colorful language you'll ever hear uh, <laughs> right. from coaches, and um, uh, but but it, it, it's been a pleasure and it's been a joy and uh, to, to be a part of that. And I think the thing that's probably even the best of all of that uh, is I get to sit beside the standby official and I get to learn more about basketball from the officiating Ooh. standpoint by 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 talking to those guys. Yeah, that would be good. That would be that would be really uh, worth the price of admission there just to sit by that guy. Uh, yeah. Tim, so so uh, leaving the Big 12 Conference office, what's ahead for you? You're a young man. You you've got uh, a lot of uh, things you could do to continue working. What uh, what's on the horizon for you? Well, I, I, I don't. I, I really don't know. It's okay. uh, this is a fairly new development, and I've been reaching out to a lot of my contacts and uh, just trying to see what there is. Unfortunately, there's not a lot of job opportunities in college athletics right now. Uh, I empathize with everybody who's in my position that that wants to continue to work in this great, great field. Uh, so I'll continue to to take a look at that. Um, I, I do. I do think there's some. Um, miles uh, left on the tread uh, a little bit, and I'm not ready to uh, uh, hang it up completely and totally. So, um, you know, I, I think that, that we want to take a look at, at what there is out there. I am intrigued by uh, what is going to happen with the name, image, and likeness hmm. for the student-athletes moving down the road. Um, I think that there's a lot to be resolved on the NCAA and the conference and the campus level as it relates to that in terms of uh, uh, fairness and equity, mm -hmm. uh, Title IX. And I think that uh, there are some potential issues there with making sure that we're monitoring for compliance issues so that nothing a student-athlete does would cost them their eligibility. Um, I think that there's uh, probably going to be some uh, – uh, institutions that are going to need to take a look at restructuring how they do things. And I think I have some ideas and thoughts that might be beneficial in that regard. I hope I would at, with my experience. Um, and uh, I, I think that there's, you know, probably uh, a, a few other areas, uh, maybe esports that mm. uh, maybe need to be taken a look at, not just 
by the experts who do that. I don't. I don't know anything about esports. I think I played uh, two holes of a, a golf game on a computer one time, or maybe a baseball game one time. I really don't know that much about it. But how that relates to the on-campus experience and all of that, may, maybe there's something to, to keep in mind as it relates as it relates to that. Yeah. Um, but I'm just. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna keep plug along to see what I can find. Well, there is a lot of tire tread left on the tire. You have a wealth of experience and knowledge and uh, uh, things, expertise, things that you have done so well for many years. So uh, nothing but the best to you. Uh, and know this, Tim, if we get back to playing basketball this year and we have a Big 12 tournament in Kansas City on our broadcaster's dinner on Tuesday night, you will always have an invitation to join us there, okay? <laughs> always yeah, an yeah. open invitation. Yeah, yeah, but I think you were always inviting me because you thought maybe I'd pick up the check. Well, that's so, true, uh, but but you're always in. We would pick up the check for you now, so uh, right. you are always invited. Tim, stay in touch. It is uh, great right, to visit with you and really do appreciate everything you've done for the uh, Big 12 Conference office, the uh, schools, and, and Baylor. So many things you've done for us through the years. Uh, going to miss working with you. Well, I'm going to miss working with you guys, too, and, and let me just say that uh, – I do think that in the very near future, uh, you're going to see Scott Drew um, uh, at, at one of those Final Fours we talked about, mm. and, and maybe the NCAA will bring me back for a, uh, a timeout coordinator emeritus uh, <laughs> for when the Bears are there. That'd be great. Let's do it. Let's meet up in the Final Four. Tim, thanks right. very much. Thanks for your time. All right. Thanks, Have a great John. day. Uh -huh, thanks. Tim Allen uh, retiring from the Big 12 Conference office.